And it was literally the case in Germany where the guy, it was a love triangle and the guy shows up to the base in Germany, finds his, his alleged best friend uh, who had been, had knocked up his wife, knocked up his wife. He, he finds him and then he chops his head off in front of the chow hall while people are watching. Welcome to the All American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs> And welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. Oh, man, I'm excited for this episode. Okay, I'm doing this music. Like I said, it's just me today doing everything. So, like, I'm surprised we're even live on all channels right now. And hopefully I don't screw that up. I'm surprised we're even... There we go. Oh, my gosh. You didn't tell me you should have warned me about that. <laughs> no, no. You get what you get. You get what you get with this. So... All right, folks, thank you for tuning in today here at the Shell Shock HQ in Dallas, Texas. And I've been looking forward to this episode primarily because um, our mutual friend, Natalia, is a very big fan of your show. And let me just go ahead and introduce today's guest. And I always let my guests introduce themselves because they do it far better than I ever can. And I never want to take away from their accomplishments. So who better to brag about you than you? So please brag away. Who are you? What do you do? Hey, so I am Margot, uh, better known as Mama Margot. Um, I host a podcast called Military Murder. Um, I'm a veteran. Uh, I was on active duty for 11 years, and then I transferred to the reserve. So I'm still a reservist, um, but I still consider myself a veteran. I know it's like kind of weird. You never really know. Like, are you a veteran if you're still <laughs> serving? Um, but, you know, I always feel like I have to say that because I always people are the first question people ask when they either find me on social media or listen to my podcast is like, yeah, but did you serve? And I'm like, does no, this really no, matter? I, I but it doesn't matter. No. But but um, I, I did feel like I had to say that here. But yeah, so I'm a mom of three. I'm an ex-military spouse. Um, You're I've a mom of three? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you do have... this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I first started it, I was on active duty. I had two kids at the time, but um, that's why I kind of, I, I switched, Lord. I transitioned to the reserve. It's, it's wild, by the way. It's just... Anybody believe, thinking about you. having three kids, don't do it. Like, stick with two <laughs> and don't have one more. Like These damn you know. kids. <laughs> military really should have taught, like, better brain. sex ed. Oh, for sure. For sure. So three kids. Uh, That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks um, for coming so on. So this has been great. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, so okay, bye. You've got Bye. you you've got uh, you've got a lot of fans out there. Uh, I don't want to get into how I came across your stuff because you said you want to talk about it, and I instead we're going to talk about politics. You said you definitely want to talk politics. <laughs> Every controversial issue there is, we're going to talk about today. Now, the thing I liked oh about this is I was like, it's non-political. Um, I like getting to talk to veterans that actually are successful in a certain field and highlight that, and also ask them how you did it, like any tips and tricks, and go into. Well, first, let me just start the interview this way. Thanks for coming on. Um, you for having me. What got you into doing this? The the true crime podcast thing is a very very oversaturated niche, and you pushed into it with military murder, which is a version of true crime, and you've been successful. What made you want to get into this? 
So it's kind of an interesting, I'm basically consider myself a true crime junkie, as in like mm -hmm. investigation discovery was always what? playing on my What, kids, TV? true crime? No, that's not stereotypical <laughs> whatsoever. No, no, this is totally unique. But yeah. I've been into I've been into true crime since my grandma used to watch uh, force me to watch the news every night. And like the only interesting thing was like all the crimes happening. And you're like, oh, I hope that person gets caught or whatever it was. <laughs> so really, I was like, you know, kind but of deep down uh, inside of me. You had this inner guilty feeling like, oh, I'm so glad it's them and not me. <laughs> right. You, you I mean, know, is that just me? Honestly, is that just me? No, no, it's true. Um, but but the reason why I got into true crime podcasting is, um, you know, when podcasts really got big was when Serial came out. Um, and I'll never forget, I was actually at a training in Alabama when one of my friends was like, hey, you need to listen to this podcast, podcast serial. So I listened to it and never really even thought I would ever get into podcasting. Um, and then it was 2019. I was actually working with Natalia at the time and I was constantly working out. And so I was listening to true crime podcasts while I was like lifting. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking as I was listening to different podcasts that there were a lot of military cases. Now, um, most of my listeners know this, but I am a JAG by trade. So I was a military attorney. Um, and so it's 2019. I had already been serving for nine years. I had a deployment under my belt. And I had just come across so much crime in the military working at the legal office. You don't that say. I was, <laughs> you don't say that I was baffled. And and really what got me into wanting to start the podcast was really as um one as a storyteller, like straight up, I just wanted to tell these stories. And I was like, man, I love true crime. And I wanted all the military cases just together because that's what interested me. You know, when you when you actually say that, like, so I, I forwarded you and I want to get your feedback on the Valor podcast because I am going to start that up again. Mm -hmm. But you say storyteller. We don't seem to have enough of those anymore. I, I feel like everything mm -hmm. is just kind of I don't know how to explain it. like when we grew up parents told stories, whether they be mm -hmm. Mother Goose or they made up their own. And there was something too, I, I feel like creating very imaginative children who grew up to be very imaginative adults. And that was through the act of storytelling. I like mm -hmm. how you said that, like the storytelling aspect of it, because I feel like that's definitely what we need more of is more good. Well, I would say wholesome, but your stuff's about murder and crap. <laughs> so, I know, I know. So forget I know. everything I just said, forget it all. Your stuff sucks. It's horrible, horrible for kids. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, you know, and the thing about storytelling and the reason why I say storytelling is because there's always a lesson to be learned, even from bad cases. Mm. And. Oh, my child woke up. Do what you got to do. OK, do, hold do on, everybody. Yeah, do what you got to do. Wait one second. She's going to come up in here and she's going to be. No, no, that's fine. Any, do what you got to do. This is real life, folks. Hey, while she's doing that, make sure you go run out and leave us a great review over on iTunes for the All-American Savage Show podcast. That actually helps us out quite a lot. Leave five stars. Tell everybody why you are just so in love with my voice, the dulcet sounds of John Burke, and the amazing interviews that he does where his guests actually go AWOL on him not even five minutes into the interview. So, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So if you haven't listened to Murder, uh, Military Murder podcast, she basically delves into various interesting cases out there and takes a unique storytelling approach. And she's done very well. Just having read like the reviews on her podcast, she's got like 2.1 thousand reviews, very well known, lots of adoring fans out there, many of which I've actually talked to. Um, but anyway, I was just talking about your podcast. So you were, you were talking about storytelling and then murder. Uh, hey, hey, sweetie. Yeah. Hey, babe. Hey, hi. Oh, she looks like this she is, just woke up. Yeah. This is my youngest. She was, she's upset. I know. Um, so yeah. So basically, um, I think that there is, um, 
there is a lesson to be learned in a lot of the cases that I covered. And so, I, I, you know, as an, I became an attorney because I really wanted to help people. But the problem with being as an, being an attorney is that you're so limited in how you can actually help. You're not talking about the cases you're working on. You're not talking about the cases anybody else is working on. So I was like, how can I do this? How can I help people? I also used to be a vic um, I used to be a special victims counsel in in the military. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my clients said, they would always be like, I can't believe this happened to me. And me working in the legal office, I was like, you do realize that we're all just human and crimes occur anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and so I started the podcast basically with with that in mind. And did I think it was going to take off the way it did? I mean, I was hopeful that it would. Um, and, and the sad the sad fact of the matter is that when I started the podcast, I always thought I would only be working on old cases. Mm. Um, and then unfortunately, six months. So I started my podcast in 2019. And unfortunately, um, five, six months into my podcast, Vanessa Guillen went missing. Mm. Yeah. And when she went missing, it's almost like military murder just be actually became like words that people put together, military yeah. and murder. So did you cover that case on the podcast? I, I did. Oh, you, you can only see like my daughter's face. <laughs> You're um, like fading out. It's like some kind of weird Star Trek <laughs> scene. Yeah. It's because she's in the front. Um, so I did cover Vanessa Guillen, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'll never forget that she went missing. And I remember feeling so bad because I would I would watch her mother like literally outside of the Fort Hood gate, like talking in Spanish. And there were no interpreters. And I was like, how crazy is this that this mom is looking for her daughter and no one is even out there interpreting for in, in, interpreting for her? Mm. Um, so I covered it when Vanessa Guillen went missing. Um, and then, of course, as soon as she was found and that kind of. So I've, I've covered it a few times on the podcast. Mm -hmm. It was a disgusting thing to see. But I mean, coming in, I've told a few other people that I had on the show and interviewed that it was kind of like I came from an all male background, you know, infantry prior to mm -hmm. 2016. We didn't serve with women. So all of the sexual assault, harassment, rape stuff, I don't really have any insight to. We never dealt with that. So when you start hearing these stories of women that are in mixed units coming forward about their sexual assault or whatever the case may be, um, it's just it's it's honestly even alarming to me. It's like, my God, there's that much of that in the military. Like I never would have I never would have thought until more women come forward and start telling their stories, which is good to have those types of advocates to say we need to get those stories out there and shed light on what the military is covering up. Because I've seen people sweep stuff under the rug, racist stuff. I mean, it, they do it. Leadership looks out for leadership. But you you kind of you do that with your podcast. I've, I've listened to your uh, I've listened to your show. I just let Sheila listen to it, too, on the way home from uh, Austin last weekend, too. And you have a very interesting way. It almost sounds like it's kind of like girl talk. Because mm -hmm. when you tell the story, you're very like, oh, and he he totally said this. And it really resonates with the audience. And they're just kind of like, it's mm -hmm. like listening to a friend regale them with a story, albeit a crime. You definitely have a way of drawing them in and making them interested. Right. And, you know, I whenever I started the podcast, it wasn't until probably episode 100 that I informed people <clears throat> of my background. They they knew that I, that I had served and everyone kind of just... A lot of people thought I was an E4, maybe they were like, oh, who would who would do a podcast like this? And then, um, you know, I did I did an episode where I finally said, you know, I think I said uh, what I had done, like what my background was. And I did that strategically um, because I didn't want people. Well, first of all, I don't think my storytelling is like that, but I don't want people to think I'm talking at them. Oh, like you, I said, you totally I am, are doing that. You're totally doing that. <laughs> I'm every, a every episode, this self-righteous sanctum. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. And so I never want people to feel like I'm talking at them. Mm -hmm. I want the listener 
to get whatever lesson they feel they need to get from that particular case. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I will, you know, in some cases, I am a little bit more outraged than others. And I will give my opinion. But for the most part, it's like I'm talking to my friend, and he or she is going to tell me their opinion. And so that's how I tell my stories. How does it do for your mental health to be exposed to this? Because this leads to my next question is I want to know the process which you take how long it takes per episode, what you go through, if you can give those secrets out. But mm -hmm. what toll does this take on your mental health? Because I do politics and it is very soul draining. It's soul sucking. It's constant negativity, constant bombardment with that type of stuff. Does this affect you in that way or are you just kind of you're numb to it? I feel like to a certain extent I'm numb to it, but mm -hmm. um, because because of the nature of the cases and because I, I really delve into it when I'm when I'm either researching the case as in I'm getting into the court records, I'm reading the verbatim transcript, um, I'm reading the victim impact statements. I mean, the victim impact statements are really what get me right because I can only imagine like as a mother having to tell your kids murderer how you feel you know what i mean yeah. um so it does affect me and there in the beginning i would say most more than now there was a lot more uh i did a lot more crying during my research stages um mm. i i have been blessed um uh to have a research uh, she's like a research and writing assistant oh, nice, um so she nice. covers so many cases for me it's actually nice to have like get the case and it's basically been already researched for me and mm. and basically written and so i'm reading it and it's almost like when i read the cases that she's written I i'm almost like the listener because i'm <laughs> i'm reading it for the first yeah. time and then i'm texting her i'm like this is crazy and we're just going at it um so so it definitely helps to have someone when i was when i was doing it alone um and i was doing it in a closet because that's when i started my podcast i was like in a closet um it was kind of lonely uh, but now I, I feel like, especially because the listeners reach out to me and mm -hmm. sometimes um, uh, I tell myself, like, I don't know how long I'm going to do this for. Like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it for. Mm -hmm. um, and then I get I got an email yes or a, a message yesterday that from from like a new listener. They're like, I just found you and I'm already done with your podcast. Like, I've listened to every single episode. Like, please don't stop making these. That's got to be um, such a great feeling. Oh, it, it really is. It, I mean, it's and, and, you know, especially and also when you get emails from um, from victims, from from victims who are like they're just like, thank you for sharing these stories because I feel seen and heard. Um, and then also from family members who will reach out to me and be like, wow, like I didn't think people actually cared about this story, even though I'm like my, I lost my brother. But yeah. it's nice to kind of reconnect and be like, OK, people still care about this case. Right. What what is it about? Okay, so let's just be honest here. You've got a slew of cases to choose from. What mm -hmm. pops out at you? Like, what do you? What is it when you're scan when you're trying to find a new case? What is it that instantly will spark your interest? What's something like that? Uh, I, I really, I honestly don't. I, I, I don't know. It just, I think it's kind of a, a mood. <laughs> like it's weird. <laughs> like I will have a case completely written, mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, I, I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm not connected to it. And I know that sounds. You know, some people will be like, oh, my gosh, like you should be connected to every single case. And, you know, I do feel to a certain extent that I am connected. But if I am not if I'm not personally like in the mood to be able to tell it and I don't think that I can do it justice, then I won't tell that story that particular day. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you follow me on social, like I'm on TikTok and <clears throat> um, I think in 2022, when I really picked up TikTok, I was doing I was doing TikToks every single day. Um, and I was just, you know, just, just popping them out nowadays. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm busier. And if, if a case, if I can't do get to a case right away, 
I might not get to it because for me, it's not about telling it like as soon as it happens. It's not a, I'm not a breaking news like every single case. Right. But I just if, if if I have the time, I'll be able to do it. And then I also will work on older cases. So it really just depends. OK, the process. Tell me about the process. How long how often are you releasing a new episode? Um, so when I first started the show, I was releasing an episode every single week. And I, I honestly, I think back, I'm like, how did you do that? I was, I was like researching and writing these episodes by myself. Mm -hmm. And for two whole years, or was it two and a half years, mm -hmm. I was releasing, I was releasing every week. Uh, when I, um, after I had my third child, I was like, I think I have to like go to every other week. Jeez. So, um, now I release episodes every other week. I, I am currently in the process of trying to release every week. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it might happen here on my four year anniversary for the podcast. Um, but the process is basically at this point, I have kind of like a little bit of a back catalog of like five or six cases that are mostly researched. Mm -hmm. um, they just, I just need to sit down and actually like put pen to paper. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a running list and my research and writer, she's helped me since um, just put a list together of just cases and, and we can, you know, we can scan them by, uh, military branch, by rank, by location. Um, uh, you know, cause I also cover like military spouses who, who, who kill, uh, sometimes in the summer, mm -hmm. I tend to do like a serial killer series for people who are like just obsessed with serial killers. Do you have anything planned for Halloween? You could do like a special Halloween episode. You better. Uh, you better. I, I'm, I, I don't know. Am I? I oh, don't know. come on. I mean, I you got like, a theme. Like you got to have a themed case. Halloween. Come on. I, I feel like every case is like Halloween. Uh, sometimes you're just like, how the yeah. heck did yeah. someone even do that? <laughs> Throw a jack-o'-lantern in it. I don't know. It's like on the I, deck was a jack-o'-lantern. Ah, there's your Halloween thing. Here we go. I know. I know. No. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I do um, have kind of like a like an outline of like, these are the cases I'm going to cover. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes that just all goes to poop. <laughs> and you just change course. Yep. No, I get it. I mean, sometimes you kind of, I, I get the whole premise of like being able to connect with something. It's like, you know, don't, don't attach yourself to something you can't bring full justice to instead focus on the things that you feel like you can in order to, you know, do it justice, I guess, in a sense. It makes sense to me. It, it, it's nothing bad um, because especially considering the, uh, the source material you're shifting through, it's like, my God, if the fact that you can connect with any of it, it's just like, it's so taxing on the mind. Um, because mm -hmm. you can only empathize so much before or sympathize so much before it's like, you know what, for my own mental sanity, I've got to disconnect a little bit, got to detach yeah. just a slight, slight bit. I, I totally get it. So you're yeah. from start to finish. An episode takes you roughly like a week, week and a half. Yeah, it takes me about a week. Um, in the beginning, it was taking me much longer. And when I started the podcast, I had I had like about nine episodes in the bank mm -hmm. um, just because one, I wanted to make sure I, it was something that I could, you know, kind of maintain long term. Mm -hmm. um, what's wrong, baby? You want juicy? No. Um, I wanted to make sure that it was something that you could. Ha this has probably never happened on your show. Oh, uh, no, I can't say it has. Okay. okay. Well, uh, we're okay. rolling with it. We're good. <laughs> um, you said you want juicy. It's like, I could go for one. Yeah, Sunny D. You yeah, got Sunny give D? Me, give me you got Tropicana? Juice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one of those little, uh, what are those little packets of, uh, my God, I was going to say vitamin C. Whatever. Anyway. One of those like hydro, whatever things. Oh god, with well, the the Tropicana little uh, aluminum packets or whatever, the ones that you get like That's literally two is. sips. Oh, oh there is you it go. Capri yes, yeah, Capri Sun. There we go. Yeah, it has like two sips. It's like a tease. Yes. A pack well, equals the funny like one. Thing is, I, and if you and the, the kids are awful because they squeeze it and then it always just comes out. So right. I always take like a couple sips and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is empty now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so it takes me about a week. Um, and like I said, ever since I got my research and writing assistant, I mean, it's been great. Like she, she'll send it to me. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'm like, did you send me a case I haven't covered yet? Because I don't have anything for next week. And she, then she'll just pop it out. And then sometimes I'll get like a cold case that was just solved and I'll be able to get enough content off, off the internet that I am able to just literally just spit out a case in, in two days. Damn. Um, Okay, so let's go over to the uh, actual specific side of this house for any because I have a lot of people that do ask me questions about I want to launch my podcast. How do you do it? I host mine on Podbean. What do you use? Uh, I host mine on Megaphone, okay. uh, which was recently bought out by Spotify. Are you familiar with them? Not, no. Yeah, Megaphone. Um, they were bought out by Spotify, and I really like the platform. It's really good. Um, I started. Okay. I started with the other one. Um, SoundCloud? No, it starts with a B, blue. I'm not sure. Um, I started out with another one that was like, I don't know, like I paid like $20 a month to do it or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, this one is more by you pay, like you pay by the downloads you get, mm -hmm. um, but it has a lot more features, which is really, really nice. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't think I would ever start a podcast on Megaphone, uh, but once you're like up and established and Megaphone seems to be a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so basically once you start, if you, if the first thing people need to know when they start a podcast is your night night. Okay. In a second. Okay. You have to, uh, you know, come up with a good name and also research it and make sure that it's not already taken because yeah. I have searched for a podcast and I'm like, how come there's five podcasts with the same exact name? Like, did yeah. someone not do proper research? Um, and then also, you know, you just make sure that you there's I guess you could start a podcast that's really just about anything. Um, but if you don't really have kind of um, like a consistent theme or topic, then I feel mm -hmm. like you're going to lose people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they always say, like, who is your who is your target audience? Like, is it's just this one person. For me, that was hard to say because I didn't have just one target audience member. Yeah. And also for true crime, the good thing about my podcast is because it, it is military focused. I actually have a higher percentage of men who listen to my podcast really? and actually follow it. Yeah. Wow. So most most podcasters, they would, you know, I would say it's like 85 to 90% women. My mm. podcast is about 70 to 75% women, and I have a big chunk of, of male listeners. Mine's like a 60-40 split, men to women. Oh, really? I have yeah. no idea why. Yeah. Yeah, so no, true, crime is, true crime is more female skewing. I would think so, yeah, but the fact that you have so many male listeners, I'm, that's got to be because of the veteran community, and there's probably, you know, mm -hmm. draws their interest there. Um, so what else? When you started, when you started doing your first few episodes, how did you advertise them? Were you posting to social media? What were, what were you doing? What was the process here? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been such a, it's been a, a while. Um, I will say I got pretty lucky that I got uh, tuned in with someone from one of the writers for Task and Purpose. Mm -hmm. And he listened to uh, the first few episodes that I dropped and he wanted to write a story. So he was an intern at the time and now he's a permanent writer there. Nice. Um, but he ended up writing an article on Military Murder Podcast. And that really drew in a big amount of listeners within the first month of my podcast. Nice. So I think if you, if you, if you have a niche show or if, even if you don't and you can find mm -hmm. a publication like that that can kind of advertise for you and you can just kind of put that out i think that's really the best thing you can do mm -hmm. um i have found that at, that at this point word of mouth is the best way uh to find my podcast because i've done things where i've done like sponsored ads on facebook and it really never helped never does anything yeah. i'm like okay yeah. 
I've been down that road myself. It's just kind of like you throw all this money at advertising exposure and you don't see any upticks in the analytics. It's like, that's just a waste. You're right. Word yeah. of mouth definitely is very helpful when people share the episodes and then reviewing mm -hmm. them for SEO purposes and stuff. Like, it definitely helps there. But, yeah, I stop. I, I don't run ads anymore. Like, I did it once or twice. It's like, ah, this is worthless. This is. I mean, I've tried new platforms. They'll come to you with this idea of, like, we can get you exposure, increase your downloads, blah, blah, blah. And then you do it. It's just like, yeah, it didn't work. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, I feel I feel the same way. I I think it's been uh I think maybe within the first year I was like, okay, I'm gonna do all this stuff. And and then, you know, it's it's kind of weird because then if you try and tell people, like, listen to my podcast, it I, people won't listen. They, they just think you're a goofball. Like everybody yeah. has a podcast nowadays. Yeah. So really it is worth word of mouth. And I tell my listeners all the time, I'm like, hey, listen, if you really like the show, like tell your tell your uh tell your coworkers, uh, tell your friends, tell your family. And yep. and and if they share it on their social media, it's different than if I share it on mine. So yeah. I don't know. People are really, really weird when it comes to podcasts. And really everyone does want to start their own podcast. So I yeah, think that that's I, maybe why. A lot of people have a lot of things to say. I get it, but I get asked the same things like I want to start my own podcast. Like, okay, well then what makes you different than everybody else? And so they'll ask me the same thing. Was, what makes you different? It's like, I'm an asshole. That's just it. Like that, that's my thing. That's my niche. And people like it for some reason. I don't know. And I don't try to be, I just kind of am. Now you're right. You're hundred percent right. And um, I encourage people. It's like, if that is your goal, if that's your dream, there is nothing wrong with that, but you are going to have to do something to set yourself apart from literally everybody else out there, because then why would they want to listen to you? And I mean, you mm -hmm. can be a good person. You could have the greatest life. You could be the next thing since sliced bread. But if you've got nothing that distinguishes you, no one's going to care. And right. that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. It's like, so develop a personality, whether it be, you know, you playing a role like Dr. Disrespect for his gaming. He's a character. People love that character. Mm -hmm. Or yourself, you're going in a specific niche. You have your way of telling it. It's like, and that's hard. Like, that's the process. And speaking of that, did you just fall into that? Or did you kind of hone your skills over the years and say, this is the direction I want to go? Or did you have it figured out from the get-go? What do you mean? Like my storytelling or the, the format of my show or everything at the yeah, format of your show? Because I know for me, we've changed over the years as far as the format. It's like, this sounds better. Let's do this. Um, but for you, how long did it take you before you hit your stride towards like, okay, this is how the opening is going to be edited. Just all that. Does that make any sense? Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, okay. So it's kind of weird because the intro music and my intro and everything has kind of stayed the same from episode one. Okay. Uh, because okay, I recorded it like two or three episodes, uh, two or three months before I even launched. I wasn't sure. I was like, am I going to like the sound of my voice? How is this going to be? <laughs> um, but I will say. The well, Welcome to Military Murders. I know. I know. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, but what I did was I, I did this. So I've always been editing my own show. So I edit my own show just because I've had a hard I time finding like anyone. I hate editing. I hate uh -huh. editing with such a passion. And the weird thing is, though, when I'm done, I actually love it. Like the Valor episode, the editing is like yeah. you got to pull sound effects, theme music, this. You got to search all the stuff like to find chickens clucking. I have a website mm -hmm. I go to now to download the stuff and you got to yep. put that there. So it takes hours upon hours upon hours. And then you, I, I think one of the biggest discouraging things I've had to go through is that you'll invest 24 hours worth of work into this podcast and you drop it and you get like 20 listens. It's like, mother, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know, so, it takes so time. that's funny. You say that about like the audio. So when I first started my podcast, if you go back to episode one through 40, I had a more, um, I guess I was serious, but it was more because I was so nervous. I didn't like, I was always afraid of being judged. Like, uh, you know, and it's kind of weird because no one knew me, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wasn't telling people who I was. 
So, but then once I was like, you know what? And so I used to have background music. I used to do sound effects. I used to do all that. And that used to take me. So now you ask me, how long does it take you to do an episode? I'm like, it takes me a week. Back then, it would take me a week just to find the music in the background and all that crap. Yeah. And okay. it was, okay. yes. And it was really annoying. And so I literally, and there, and there were people in the, in, and I do listen to my, um, my reviewers. There were people who were like, you would be so much better if you just dropped the background music. You would be so much better if you just yeah. did this, like drop the sound effects, like just tell the story. And so I started doing that. And I think it was around episode 40 or maybe it was even 50 where I was just like, this takes too long. If people want continuous episodes, I cannot do background music. I can yeah. not do any of that. And so I just started telling the story. And I do find that I, I, I'm, I'm actually debating whether I'm going to like take out my one through 50 um, and kind of just put it on Patreon. Uh, because if you listen to me now, um, people might, if people go back to those episodes, they might be like, oh, this background music sucks, but I've changed so much. Like, I feel like it's yeah. better now. Um, so, oh, yeah. Do you, yes, so do you, a uh, personal question here, is your podcast now earning you revenue? It is. Mm -hmm. Good. So it's, is it like sustainable? Like you can make a career out of this? Yes. Yes. So I have, um, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing now since I okay. left active duty. Yeah. Okay. And so I've been doing that since I left active duty in 21. And so I've been doing that. I've been doing my reserve thing. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and, and it's weird because people will ask me to like do other things and I will, you know, if it's like a small thing, I'll do it. Um, but I'm, I'm still so like shy to like go out there and, and like put myself out there. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Like people are like, come talk at this. And I'm like, that's awesome. What do I have to say? No, I know. And so I, you know, a lot of people tell me, they're like, you really need to be more confident. And I'm like, no, I, 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 I do. And I feel like I'm finally like gaining my stride. Like, I'm like, I've been around the block. I don't have anything, you know, and, and people will get on my TikTok and they will, they will say some ridiculous things. And I'm like, listen, that's TikTok, I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to whip it out and show you how big mine is. I know mine is bigger. We don't need to, we don't need to fight about this. <laughs> That's TikTok or any social media platform in general. You've got, you could sit there and talk about, Hey guys, I cured cancer. It's like, well, you didn't cure Ebola. So it's like, Jesus, what is your problem? Can you find anything positive in this world? Like good grief. Yes. People are always going to have yes. something to bitch about and want to complain about her. And the biggest thing I love is when these, these, these do nothing people, I call them do nothing losers because what they uh -huh. are. They will sit there and see someone that actually dedicates himself to a craft, to storytelling, to whatever, and they will just nitpick you apart. It's like, well, I would have, I would have, Isaac, but you're not. You're not. You're you're yeah. literally the spectator criticizing the man or the woman in the arena. And it's like, so that's why I don't take I don't take criticisms from people that don't do anything. So it's kind of like, oh, I've never operated a business, but I'm gonna give you advice on how to do it. It's like that makes literally no sense to me. So exactly, exactly. that's why those people, and, yeah. And it's weird, especially like in the veteran community, because people will say things and I'm like, really, are we going to go there? Like, does it really matter? Uh, and, you know, then you, I, you know, because the veteran I community is just so wholesome. It's so wholesome. I there is no toxicity in there whatsoever. It's the greatest place all. to get all kinds of praise just heaped upon you for being different really? or successful. Yeah, it's that's that's the veteran yes. community. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and you know, the weird thing is or people will be like, how do I, you know, Whenever I talk, especially when I cover cases, uh, having worked at the legal office and kind of being being, you know, smart, I, you know, you know what to say and what not to say, um, mm. especially because, you know, my podcast is such a sensitive topic. Yeah. What is one of the most interesting cases that you have covered? 
I knew you were going to ask me that, and I really... Well, I told you I, I was going to ask you that. I know, <laughs> but, I, of course I, you but everyone always asks me that. I believe it. Well, I mean, you're in a very weird genre. I mean, it's kind of like horror storytellers. Like, okay, so you've seen it all. So based upon that, you've seen the worst of the worst. So give us your expertise on what do you think or your opinion on what's the worst you've seen? What's the craziest thing? And you don't have to get into specifics, but like, what's the craziest case you've seen? Okay, craziest is different. Okay, so the craziest case I've seen and what really hooked me is mm -hmm. my, I covered it on episode one. And it was literally the case in Germany where the guy, it was a love triangle and the guy shows up to the base in Germany, finds his his alleged best friend uh, who had been, had knocked up his wife, knocked up his wife. He, he finds him and then he chops his head off in front of the chow hall while people are watching. Whoa. Like this is an actual case in the nineties. And so the guy ends up going to a court martial. He gets sentenced to, uh, I think he got life, but back then, and even actually in the early two thousands, the judge could actually reduce your sentence. And the judge did. So the judge reduced this guy's sentence to 30 years and he got out about five years ago. So this guy could be your neighbor. Wow. Chopped the dude's head off in front of the chow hall and people just watched. Yeah. Oh no. They like, they like formed a circle. So basically what happened was he was, he was doing, you know, he was doing this motion. Mm -hmm. So he was standing over the guy who was doing this motion and they thought he was just punching him, but he was actually stabbing him. And then when he started going like this, they were like, oh, he's just hitting him. And he wasn't, he was like actually Slicing. chopping. Yeah, and then he picked up the head. Then he, Good no, 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 it gets better. He picked up the guy's head and took it to his wife who was in the hospital. Whoa. Yeah. Everyone needs to listen. I mean, it's, you know, I hate to to glorify any anything that crazy, but when you ask me what's the craziest case, uh -huh. uh, you know, for for a single murder, right? Because I mean, anything anything is crazy when you're, you know, people, you know, people are just crazy. Um, but for a single murder, that would be the craziest one where you're like, I honestly didn't believe it, and when I read the court record and read the police report, I was like, holy hell, this is real life. Yeah, I would say that's probably pretty crazy. I've never heard anything like. To that degree, normally just like, you know, gunshot or something like that, but decapitating your wife's lover. Good Lord. That's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah, it's, that was, yeah, that one's a, that, that's like a, well, and I think what's even crazier is the fact that uh, the person is now out, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't understand I mean, how I, you wouldn't go to prison for life on something like that. You took a life. Well, and that was the weird thing, right? Because the military back then had a, had that weird thing where you could actually be sentenced, you could be mm -hmm. you could be uh, convicted, sentenced, and the military judge, uh, not not the military judge, the convening authority, which is usually the general officer leading, you know, whatever battalion or whatever installation, um, he they could overturn they could overturn a conviction. They could mm -hmm. actually say you're not guilty. <laughs> Give me one of the weirdest cases. Uh. You want the weirdest cases? That was kind of a weird one. Um. Uh. Oh, this is a. This is. I, I'm not sure that this is weird more than it is shocking. Okay. It's uh episode three. Uh, uh, I mean. Like you, you, wild. you hit the hard ones like right out of the gate. You just started recording with some real doozies. Oh yeah, no, no, one, two, and three were, and I recorded them and released. Okay, now my child is kicking me off the chair. This is what happens when you have children. This is, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, Timothy Great Hennis, wholesome content. Um, Great wholesome content. I know. Uh, Timothy Hennis. No. <laughs> no, proper planning. Come on. 
Um, I mean, do what you want, whatever. Uh, but uh, Timothy Hennis was a crazy case. That's an army case. Um, the guy was convicted in the 80s of a, tr uh, a triple murder. He, he, uh, the It was a military spouse. He entered her house and allegedly killed her and killed two of her three daughters while her husband was TDY. Um, he was convicted and then the conviction was overturned in the civilian sector. And then they had another trial and he was acquitted. So then he went, they wrote this whole book called Innocent Victim or Innocent something. I think it was Innocent Victim. He went on this tour talking about how he had been improperly convicted and how the monster was still out there. Well, you know, he ended up staying in the military for 20 years and he retired. But the cold case team for the for the triple murder actually ran DNA in the early 2000s. And it was his freaking DNA. So they got him. The remember he was acquitted. Oh, so yeah. in theory, if you're acquitted, they can't bring you back. However, right. people don't realize this. It's not really double jeopardy for the military to bring you in. It's two separate systems, federal right. and state. So the army brought him back after he retired and they convicted him. And now he is one of four men on military death row. Whoa. Huh? Jesus. Yeah. Wild. That is pretty crazy. And you cover this in episode three, and this is your podcast, Military Murder Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you get to like, you get you get to read the stuff, then you get to format it into storytelling mode and then just record it, put it out there. That's crazy. I mean, that's an awesome job. I'm not going to lie. That is a pretty awesome job getting to, you know, feed into that desire a lot of people have about true crime, specifically military. Your uh, investigatory, investigatory um, skills through being a JAG officer and like that, you get to apply that in this process as well. Like, you know, like, so in your podcast, you could, can you do teach people about like the legal proceedings, the things that you have seen giving your expertise on the opinion or expert opinion yeah. on a lot of these so things. We got, as far as so court we got goes. less, you know, we're on, we're on zoom. We got less than a minute. It says here, oh, I don't know. Shit. Will we get off and get back on? I yeah. have like an unlimited account. Anyway, you were, you, we were saying before we got, uh, okay, really interrupted so you, by zoom. You see that wouldn't happen on Skype. That wouldn't happen on Skype. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel now? Nobody, I know. Nobody I know. Uses You're like. Uh, <laughs> what did you say before? Uh, should we aim? Should we aim? A I M. What's your aim name? <laughs> Give me back my AOL. Damn it! Your kids and your eight track tapes and your boogly woogly music. Using your your damn Zoom Skype is fine. It works. Oh my! I mean, God. it does. Uh -huh. It does. It it really does. Yeah. No. And and some people. Yeah. People still use um Skype. Okay. So before we got don't patronize me. me about... Stop patronizing. I know it's exactly. What you're <laughs> yeah. Some people still do it. Like me living in Africa in third world countries. But yeah, people still do it. Don't don't do that to me. Don't do that. No. No. no I'm not gonna take that. I don't take that kind of abuse. I know. I know. <laughs> um. So before we got interrupted, you asked me about in, like investigation and if I use my background knowledge. Yeah. Um. I do to a certain extent. Um. Like for the case that I just told you about the one where the guy did get life in prison, but then the military, uh, the court, court martial convening authority in that particular episode, I did explain the court martial process back then and how it's changed since. Um. So I'm able to do that. I think one of the good things about having a legal background is when I when I read it. Um. When I read a court opinion, I'm able to kind of scan through the stuff that I don't need and just go straight to the facts because the legalese will just kill people. Yeah. And I try like when you listen to my podcast, you don't have to have any type of legal background to to listen. Right. Because it's it's mostly fact. It's all fact based. Um, and then, you know, when I do get into the, the, the case, the actual court process, if there's anything specific about a legal premise, I will discuss it. Uh, but for the most part, and one of the good things about, you know, um, 
the civilians, the military is still kind of um, in the dark about this because they're not letting uh, the media come in to record their court martials. But mm -hmm. I love watching, like I will actually sit and watch an entire court, like trial on Law and Crime Network on YouTube and then, you know, kind of take notes on it. And I mean, you'll have like a two week trial. And if like a person who doesn't know how to tell a story tries to tell that, they will they will just inundate you with like yeah. facts that are like really not relevant um, where I, I feel like I'm able to, to get all the key aspects that will basically in a 45 minute episode, you'll be able to get what happens. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like how the military trains you in a certain field and you just convert those skills into storytelling about said certain field or the actions that occur within it. That's, it's actually a brilliant setup combination, but let me ask you this. You said you got out in 2021 was the intent behind that to do podcasting full time or was it just kind of happened at the same time? Was it like I'm leaving to go pursue this dream or is I'm leaving, but I'm going to do this as well and hope it pans out? Well, I started the podcast in 2019. I didn't mm -hmm. get out of the military until 2021. Okay. So I had never intended to leave active duty. I, I was going to do my 20 on active duty and and then retire. But when I got pregnant with my third child, I just um, and then I was doing the podcast and I was it was a lot. Now, mind you, 2021, right after COVID started, I mean, literally, if your child had a booger, they would send them home. And so it was really difficult to, you know, be do, uh, at that time, I was part of a dual military couple. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult. I was like, which one of us is going to take off? Like, we both have pretty important jobs. And, you know, they wanted us to show up to work. And so I decided that I would be the one it was like a mutual decision, that I would be the one to get out. Um, in retrospect, maybe I should have stayed in. <laughs> Um, but the podcast is doing well and I really do feel like I'm, I'm happy that I started it before I left active duty because I already had like an established audience mm. versus I don't think I would have ever left that active duty to start a podcast and just wish that it would become something. Does that make sense? No, no. Yeah, perfectly. What is one of the biggest difficulties you have in this whole process? What would you say one of the hardest uh, things to get over or to deal with in every single episode is? Um, in the cases, some, most of the times there are cases that I want to cover that there is little information available mm. on the internet. So I will do a FOIA request to the army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, whatever it is. And I'm still waiting two years and I will literally follow up and be like, where's, where's my FOIA? Where's my FOIA? Where's my FOIA? And they will respond. They will be like, Oh, you're in the queue. You're in the queue. You're in the queue. And at first I was like, maybe it's just me, but now my assistant, she helps me and she does FOIAs. And I'm asking her like, can you follow up? Can you follow up? And so really I think the FOIA for the military is very difficult to overcome. So there are some cases that people will constantly ask me to cover, but because there's so little information available to the public that I have to wait until I can get the full yeah. transcript to be able to accurately describe what happened. Cause if not, I'm just, you know, and I do do many episodes where I'm just like, you know, kind of, this is the headline and this was what happened. This is the result, but I like to really get into the meat of what happened and, and what exactly <clears throat> was going on. That's interesting that you have to go through as you know, that whole, the whole process, like, do you ever worry in the whole researching portion of it? Do you ever worry about getting it wrong? Um, oh, all the time. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, do you and, cover, you also cover some cases that have not been solved yet then, don't you? Yeah, I cover cases that will just be like a breaking case. Right. And so like, I'll cover a case and I always, you know, I do get contacted a, a lot of times by like victims and they'll be like, Hey, this happened to me. Can you like, 
can you like break the story? And mm, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not an, I'm not an investigator. So I don't feel like I can accurately uh, be like, I'm going to tell this story because if it's coming from one side of the story, it's completely one, a one-sided story. Yeah. And so if the person has not been actively um, accused or, you know, if it's not in a news article somewhere, like I don't feel like I can properly do that. Now, if there's a news article on it, I will, of course, give credit to the, you know, whoever the source is and be like, hey, this was reported. And so yeah. if you hear a lot of my reporting, I'll be like, oh my God, the New York Post reported this. Um, and this is what it said. I, of course, love it when I can go into something like Pacer, that's a court system, um, and you can actually pull like full indictments from there. And you mm. can just read straight from the indictment. I'm not accusing the person, the DA accused this, and this is what the indictment says i always feel like if i can speak to an indictment or i can speak to a complaint that has been written by an attorney and signed by a judge i mean freaking argue it in court and then we'll get you know we'll get to it so i i mean i i know that i'm on legal ground um yeah. because of course i mean not to get into it but you know even you know one of my friends today was like hey can i do this like is it defamation if i do this and i'm like no like you could just take a picture of it if the person said it you can say this is what the person said so long as you're not you mm -hmm. know, saying the, the person said something they didn't or whatever it is. How much like have you ever gotten hate for doing your show? Like from, say, the families of maybe the murderers themselves or anything yes. like that? Really? Not not often. Not often. But there was weird. one case. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I don't. I'll say this and then I don't really want to talk too much about it, but okay. I don't like covering. I don't like covering murder suicides, mm -hmm. um, like especially like a full episode, because we don't ever know what happened. Like there was no prosecution. There was no prosecution. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the person's mental state was like. We really don't know. And most of the time you don't know what the person's mental state is either because they're never going to take the stand. So those are really difficult, but I did cover a murder suicide that had to do with children. And it was when this couple was in the middle of a divorce. Um, and the, the wife had told the, the school because I believe she had a court order, but she told the school, do not let the father pick up the kids from the school. Well, the school didn't listen. The father went to pick up the kids from the school. He went home. He executed the children. And then he um, he committed he committed suicide by cop. Um, I told the story uh, with all the available information out there. And um, the oldest child, one of the oldest children, or I think the oldest child of the um, the murderer uh, basically was like, you should have never written this story. He was really sick. You know, it really wasn't his fault. And she was kind of an asshole, too. And I was kind of like, I mean, you could still tell the story because I think it's good for educators to know if a parent calls and tells you something, yeah. then maybe you should have called the mom to let mm -hmm. her know that you let the kids go. So I think there was more of, you know, like I said, like that kind of education background that goes into it. Um, and then there, I covered a case that was an acquittal. Um it, it was an acquittal and I, and I covered it and I said, this was an acquittal, but this is what was presented in court and like the guy and his, and it was like, I think it was a double murder. Yeah. It was, mm -hmm. it was actually out of Australia. Um, and then the guy and his new wife was like, you Wait, should so you never cover, do the podcast. You cover international crimes in the military as well, not just the American military. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. There's not, there's not too many, um, mm -hmm. but there are, there are a few mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, that I've covered. But you were, you were talking about, uh, the weird part about that or the, uh, Oh no, just that, that, that the wife was like, you got it wrong. And I'm like, I said he was acquitted. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. I got wrong. Well, and then like, you can also, you have the court documents to reference to. It's like, well, look, yeah, is what I mean, it says. I'm just going by what it says. Yes, exactly. And mm -hmm. in that particular case, I didn't have the court records. I just had what, uh, what was reported on in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think is the, the funnest, the funnest part about your job? Oh, the funnest part. I think it's really interacting with my listeners. Um, where do you, you know, do that I, mostly at? Do you have like a Facebook group, Instagram? Where, where do you engage most with your, your followers and the fans of your show? Um, Instagram is really where I give people any time of day. I do have a Facebook group mm -hmm. uh, for the podcast, which I think is fun for all the, you know, all my listeners to go there because mm -hmm. they can comment on, you know, cases yeah. like, hey, did you guys hear about this case? And they can kind of go back and forth because what I find interesting and what really ties the veteran, my veteran community together or my listeners together um, is that we have all been at a base where something crazy happened. We learned that's that something FRG. happened. FRG. That's where you go to to get the scoop. There it is. Like, what happened yeah. here? Who's sleeping with who? <laughs> FRG, I'll tell you. Well, the weird thing is, like, you know something happened, but then you either are getting ready for deployment, you're PCSing, mm. you're going through a divorce, so you really don't care what the hell is happening in the world. <laughs> the whole world could be burning down, you know? Yeah. But when, you, when, when you're able to bring the cases or, or you're like, oh, my gosh, Margot covers military murder cases. Maybe she could follow up with that one case that I heard happened at my base, and then I PCS. And then they'll, they'll give me case recommendations. And so, really, the Facebook group is where they go. Now, people get, you know, they'll they'll message me on Instagram. I, I mean, at this point I stopped responding to all of them. I see them all, but I don't respond to them all. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. I'm, well, like, I'm glad you responded to mine. Thank God for that. Because yes. Natalia was like, like, you need to get her on the show. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked it up. I was like, Oh, this is badass. <laughs> like, this is really, she's oh, a huge yeah. fan of yours. She loves oh, your Natalia, show. Natalia yeah. is my girl. Like she is just absolutely amazing. I love, she's like, so she's like my gym bro. Every morning I go in the gym and I see her there and I make sure I walk right up and call her a fat ass. It's very motivational. It's very motivational. She'll be sitting there with her trainer, Kyle, like just sweating through some reps. I'm like, you fat fuck. You are so fat and disgusting. And she doesn't oh even take God. me. She doesn't take me even the remote list, just remotely seriously. She just looks at me like, you're oh. stupid. Shut up. And I was just like, okay, oh, I, no. feel better. I feel better. She's the best. I mean, when you're a competitor, you got to have thick skin, especially what she does now. Um, well, you two have a lot in common. You're, you're both, you both have a lot of kids. You know, you're both self-employed. You're independent. You're goal-driven. There's a lot of you and each other. Like, I definitely recognize that about the fact that, you know, she pursues her dream, which is coaching clients. You're doing this. It's like, it's very, mm -hmm. y'all have a lot in common there. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I, it was so great to to kind of even uh, interact with her. And I actually, my daughter is kicking me off the seat again. So now I'm going to over here like squat, like, you know, um, but um Meeting Natalia, her in she's doing legs. She's doing legs. I know. I'm working these legs out. I actually do her workout program. Um, but uh, when I found her in 2019, I was like, man, I was like, this woman is like a badass, you know? Like, she's just awesome. She's like four foot 11. She is so tiny. She's itty bitty. Mm -hmm. She's like a little pipsqueak and shredded as hell. It's like, I'm yeah. going to compete. It's like, you're about as tall as a fucking Smurf, like good grief. And she's just sitting there yeah. all shredded and it's just like, yeah, I hate you. I, I mean, I'm you. not much. I'm not much taller because I'm five foot two. People, if people are like, "You're five foot two, I'm like, "Yep, that's it. Just whole <laughs> lot of whole lot of power." How, how does it feel tiny. knowing that God hates you because you're short? I tell her that too. It's like God Ooh, hates oh, you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh no, she's she's you know she's no, awesome and she's you, done so much. That's incredible. If you think about the fact that she is one of your biggest fans, like someone that is a worldwide bikini competitor, business owner, entrepreneur, even she's like, this woman is amazing at her job. She sings your praises. That's got to make you feel incredible. I mean, it really does. It really does. Um, so a lot of people don't know this about me because I don't share it, but I, I competed back in 2013, oh, okay. 14, 15. I was a competitor. Um, now I was not at the level, uh, I was not at the level of Natalia Mellow Fit, but um, when I went, like I said, when I discovered her, I was kind of like in awe. Like I was like, 
oh my gosh, like seriously. But I actually found her when she first started her program up for moms. Mm -hmm. And I had just had my second baby as in a C at, with a C-section. And I remember being like, oh my God, if this woman can do it, I can do it. And I, re I mean, she really kicked my butt into shape. Yeah. Um, after baby number three was, mu was much harder. And like you said, you walk in and you call her a fat ass. Every single time I'm eating something bad, I'm like, I know Natalia said we can eat whatever we want, but maybe I shouldn't have two pieces of cake. <laughs> <laughs> you fat fuck what is wrong oh my god bones don't jiggle bones don't I jiggle know. what the fuck is now i tell i, I like i love because i'll walk up to her and i'll give her drill sarge and stuff that we used to do it's like why are you so fucking just oh my god you mouth breathing mother and she's just sitting there laughing so it was oh my god it's always interesting but no that's that's like i said you have so like who else do you know that listens to your show that's can you have to drop names but i mean do you know if like anybody else that like are very successful that actually listen to your show um, I can't, I mean, I can't name anyone off the top of my head, to be okay. honest. <laughs> um, but you have but a very, do, you I, have a very wide audience. I do. Um, I do find it interesting when I get like, uh, very senior leaders, uh, will contact me like over like, oh my gosh, like I'm obsessed with your podcast or, or whatever it is. And, and I have a kind of a funny story. So I'm a reservist. Um, and I walk. Hold on. I lost you. You're muted. Can't hear you. My daughter just pressed the red button over here. Can you hear there me you now? Go. Yeah, good. So um, I my leadership changed during my second year as a reservist, and I walk into I had already known I had already known my um my my leader at the time, but I walked in because it was like my first like meet and greet, and so I'm talking to her, and then I'm just chatting, right? I'm just like oh, because I and then she goes. Okay, she goes, before you go any further, she goes, I am totally fangirling fan right now, and I was like what she was That's like awesome. i am like a your biggest fan and like it was so awesome like i was like i cannot even believe this is like my life you know um and so and so that really does feel good when people you know especially like in the jag community i mean and then in the veteran community when they can literally be like oh my gosh like i listen to your show like you accompany me like and yeah. people will recognize my voice sometimes like when i'm walking through the jag school like the the new school coming up they'll be like do you have a do you have a podcast? And so like that's always that always feels good. I'm like, man, that's that's pretty awesome. Has doing your podcast, given the subjects that you have to cover, has it ever conflicted with your job still being in the reserves? Um, no, because okay. I teach now. Okay. Um, and so I teach and, and I'm actually helping with the with some of the Jack School podcast stuff. And so no, it doesn't. Um, and that was like one of my biggest, you know, I do me and my friend who she's so active, uh, you know, uh, I'll get as a reservist, like they'll be like, hey, we need someone um, to oversee this murder case. And my friend's like, you cannot do it. And I was like, no, I can't. I mean, and it, and it kind because of because if you did, then you couldn't talk bit. about it, right? It's not about that. It's just oh. that I feel um, I feel like people. Um, I feel like people would think that I wouldn't be able to be a neutral arbiter. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and to a certain extent, I would never want a perp, you know, uh, someone who is being suspected of something to be like, yeah. I don't want her covering my case. I mean, I, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. And yeah. and I, and I fair completely enough. am fine with that. So. Yeah. That's, I think that's a fair assessment right there because that way, like, you know, and God forbid, anything gets brought up the fact like well you know this woman has a podcast what she does it could be used against for example trying to get somebody that's guilty actually an innocent verdict because of i don't know i don't know how you slimy lawyers work but you're very you're very <laughs> conniving you're very conniving no, i don't know oh no it's true it, it's true i mean i figured because it was like there's, yeah i was like there's got to be like i, I would it's like the thing that that in my mind that one of the hardest things could be is like maybe there's a breaking case that is just so like it just pulls you in 
but then your office is involved in it. And it's like, I can't say anything about this. Like I can't do anything. Oh, yeah. That's gotta be like, no, has that I, happened to you? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's, um, well, never mind. That, I'll shut that, that, that up. has, no, that has to happen at any, cause I started this at a, one legal office and then the other legal office and nothing crazy happened at those, uh, okay. when I was at those bases. So, okay. um, now if I was at Fort Hood, I'd be screwed. Oh <laughs> my God. How many of your cases come from Fort? I know it's like, it's horrible to say, but Fort Hood is a shithole. Oh my God. I, I was stationed there for three years. I was in Copper's Cove. Um, that place uh, it, it, I think it was like two weeks ago. There was like five more suicides. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I, I, um, there are so many of, hold on. Let me, let me see if I could get some cocoa melon on here for my child. <laughs> um, but I, the, the suicides are really iffy, especially, uh, okay. First of all, if they're actual suicides, why are so many people, you know, and I know the 21 a day, but what is going on at your specific military installation that it's that bad? Um, but then also the ones where it's like people are, are filing complaints and then all of a sudden they're like being discovered deceased. And yeah. you're just like, that is so weird that they just complained to their mom yesterday yeah. that, that they had reported someone or, you know what I mean? Like those, yeah. and those are really tough. Those are really tough. Um, well, I'm sure in your whole series that you've covered, there's plenty of uh, guys that are murdering, uh, subordinate stuff for like bad reviews or jealousy or something like that to where people go too far or. I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. it just, it seems like people have just gone so just insane because of these situations that like maybe in their mind when they're happening, it's happening to them. It's like, this is going to be for the rest of my life versus like, no, you're just going through a bad spell. Let it pass. Yes. Don't do anything permanent. Don't commit murder. Don't murder your wife. If she's cheating, he's cheating. Don't kill him. It's like, you know, you, you could get past this. It feels like there's a lot of people that just are just kind of very emotionally triggered to snap and then they just do these insane uh, acts of violence. Mm hmm. No, it's it's 100 percent. And, you know, I kind of joke a little bit that my podcast is not only for people to remain vigilant, but also for you to police yourself, because, listen, I um, I you know, I have a very bubbly personality, but man, I can light someone up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and sometimes I am like, well, you're Latina, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, literally yeah. want to snap right now, but I'm like, I don't look good in orange. <laughs> um, and this this feeling is going to pass, you know? Yeah. And so uh, someone wrote a review for me recently that was like, oh, I love listening to your podcast. Um, but it also keeps it also keeps my attitude or keeps my anger issues at bay. And I really felt that in my soul because I want that. I want people yeah. to be like, listen, don't freaking kill your spouse. Like <laughs> Just divorce them and move on. Like public service stop. announcement: Don't murder your spouse. Like how many times is this weekend safety brief? Don't do it because no. if you do, you'll wind up on the podcast, and there's nothing I can do for you. Exactly. And honestly, you know, you you know, to a certain extent, sometimes you feel you feel for these people because you're like, man, you just really. Like if you think about a moment where you really wanted to snap and then literally 10 minutes later, everything seems like it's fine. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God, thank God I didn't do that crazy but, thing I wanted to do 10 minutes ago. But at the same ago. time, though, there have been I, I'm not even going to lie to you about this. This is why this is my shtick. This is why I'm an asshole. There have been some people that will come to me and they will, you know, it's especially for veterans and they will unload on you. You know, they need someone to talk to. And even some people mm -hmm. I don't know will do this. And it's like they will literally go through this whole spiel of everything that is wrong in their life. And in certain various, but yet uh, not so often situations, they'll just keep going. Divorce, parents died, jobless, addicted to drugs. I'm like, damn, dude, maybe you should just kill yourself. That's like a fucking horrible life to have. Stop. I don't say it. Stop. I don't say it, but I'm thinking, I'm like, God damn, dude, I would have probably off myself already. Like to yeah. the point where you feel so bad for them. It's like, but this mm -hmm. is their life. 
And it's just kind of like, oh, dude, like, and it's hard, like, to be in such a, like, a position to try. It's like, they're there. Tap them on the back. It's like, I know you've literally lost everything to include your house, your dog, your wife, your kids, whatever. But it'll get better. I don't know how. Like, I mean, like, fuck, dude, it sucks. But, yeah, no, it's it's like you you hear some people's situations and specifically in your podcast and you, you kind of outline what's uh, what the person, what, what happened to the person, where the case may be. And it's like, dude, that is such just a horrific position to be in that mm-hmm. you can almost identify sometime with the killer, not justifying it by any stretch of the imagination. But like, dude, I can't even imagine what would be going through my mind when, say, for example, adultery, careers over, whatever the case, you're being sued. I mean, there's just so many different things that it's just like, I kind of feel bad for a lot of it. I mean, it doesn't justify what you did, but it's like, damn. Yeah. No, and I 100% agree with you. I think um, when I tell my stories, I try to be as neutral as possible because yeah. everybody has life crap. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. perpetrator, the victim, everybody. I mean, and then imagine the, the perpetrator's family members who, if, if they were good, and now if they were shitty yeah. parents, they don't care. But if they were good family members, they're like, what the hell could I have done differently yeah. to have made my child be a better human? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and it really does kind of bring it all into perspective. And then you you hear all these stories. And, and like I was talking about earlier, the victim impact statements of some of these parents who really have God in their heart and they show grace. Mm-hmm. I am like, as far as like forgiving the person that committed the, Oh yeah. Like they okay. will say they will, or they'll argue against the death penalty or they'll say, Hey, I think that this person is only 18 years old. I don't think that they should get life. I think that they should get 20 years and that they should be offered an opportunity to be able to reestablish themselves in 20 years. Damn, people or, actually they do were, that. Yes. That yes. is such a, an emotionally, um, overcoming like I, what do you how do you even describe that i i know i couldn't be like that i'd be like no your honor i want to put a bullet in his head like i do like i i'm not forgiving this motherfucker Mm-mm. i mean i'm not mm-hmm. saying that you shouldn't but I, like that is some serious control that's some serious um stoicism i guess in a sense mm-hmm. oh yeah did I you mean, do it did you do that I, I don't think so uh, oh no i would I, <laughs> good so i'm not the only asshole in this podcast then good no, yeah, i mean good. honestly i mean honestly you're not i mean some of the stuff that I hear, I'm like, oh my gosh. There are some cases where you're like, this person does deserve some sort of grace. Mm. Uh, but there's other cases where you're just like, no. You, you brought mean, it on yourself, homeboy. All you. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you know. Oh, I y'all mean, going I to really... hell. Y'all going to hell right now. <laughs> you, you're bad people. <laughs> I, I love uh, I love uh, commenters. They're like, put him under the prison. Uh, that, like, that's the number one uh, comment that I get. I think it's hilarious. What plans but, do you yeah. have for the future? Are you going to change anything about Military Murders, launch any other podcast? Do you, or are you just going to keep going with what you got? It's successful. What, what's what's the future for you? Uh, for right now, I just want to keep this. Um, I did start up a YouTube channel because I did mm-hmm. want to do more of like the YouTube. You know, it's kind of weird because before people just heard my voice. And mm-hmm. then once I got uh, my podcast grew um, uh, exponentially when I got on TikTok and started telling stories on there. Now there are storytellers who tell the stories without showing their face. Um, I, for some reason, I just did it with my face in it. Cause that's how I had seen other people do it. And right. so, I, and so it's amazing that like they do just people just, it, it brings people in. I feel like maybe they're like, Oh, look, she's like an actual human and not just a robot. Yeah. So I did start a YouTube. I'm not as consistent with YouTube because, you know, I feel like to a certain extent when you're on YouTube, you got to like look nice. <laughs> Um, and, and I actually have to I mean, put on when pants I was, today. Ah. I, uh, I don't think you got to put on pants for YouTube. I don't know. I can't see what you're wearing under there. <laughs> I didn't bring pants today. The office employees did um, not appreciate when I walked in. They did not appreciate it whatsoever. 
But oh, you're, my so gosh. you're YouTube. But, uh, is it a different format in a sense? Are you, because we talk about different platforms. TikTok is different. You know, you can do the video recordings with your phone. For YouTube, what is your content like over there? Are you talking about like you're putting videos, pictures, or is it just audio based? Uh, well, actually, I did convert all my episodes for the podcast and they are on YouTube, just the audio, because okay, it was like, okay. oh, you can do this now because, you know, po uh, YouTube is actually encouraging mm -hmm. podcasters to do that. So I did do that. Okay. But that's not what I mean. I mean, like, I actually bought like a nice camera that actually okay. looks really nice. You can see my background is nothing because I just moved into my house two months ago. And my office is the last thing that I have to uh, to kind of put together. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it's going to be it's going to be a story, story format just like I do in the podcast, except it'll probably be most of my podcast episodes are anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. I'm hoping that the video just because I feel like people's attention spans when they're watching videos a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably hoping to make it more like 15 to 20 minute video. Videos, mm -hmm. um, just kind of picture uh, cases that have a lot of pictures or things like that. Of course, I'm not going to put anything graphic on there. Right. It's it's kind of cool. Like you have, like I said, different platforms and you can apply or you can try and approach success in various different ways towards getting your podcast out there. And you're right. TikTok, like the algorithms on TikTok, I feel like it's easier to go viral over there than on any other platform now because it feels like on Facebook or Instagram, it's insanely difficult. But on TikTok, like you rack up some good views if you have really good content and you can try and pull them off TikTok. Say, hey, go download the podcast over here and increase your listener base. Yes, TikTok. And, you know, TikTok is interesting. Um, and I will tell people, I, I since I started TikTok, I told people, I'm like, hey, if you have a podcast or anything that a product even, um, TikTok really is a good way. Like even if you're only getting 10, 10 to 100 views in the beginning, there could be one particular video that will just skyrocket yeah. you from <clears throat> 10, literally 10 followers to like 100,000 almost overnight. I mean, yeah. and it's just crazy. I mean, I've it's taken me, I have about 170,000 over on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and that, and I kind of grew from zero to like 50 and then 50 to 100 pretty quickly within the first year. And then this 2023 has been a little bit more slow, but mm -hmm. also I haven't been as consistent. I've been mm -hmm. going through a whole bunch of life stuff, so I haven't been as consistent. Um, but it does I mean, take I consistency. That's one thing I've noticed. Like you definitely have to be posting, posting. And that's the weird thing because it's kind of like between TikTok, Twitter, or X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, specifically just X and TikTok, you've got to be posting a lot to see your to see mm -hmm. growth, to see um, you know, that 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 uh, listener base increase or follower base. You gotta be, you gotta be regular. Like you have to live on that platform, and that's not fun. It is not fun. No. You not only have to create the content, which in and of itself is a chore, it's a job. You then have to post it and hope somebody picks it up, shares it, goes viral, gets increases your listeners. Like it's, it's one of the more difficult things to deal with. Like Instagram, I, I'm almost at the point of giving up on Instagram because Instagram, dude, it is so insanely difficult to grow over there as far as like getting more views for your videos. It's weird. I mean, I don't really know anything about like Instagram is like has been so slow for me. Um, like I just hit 10,000 uh, followers on Instagram and I literally thought I was never going to get to that. I'm not I'm still not even sure how it happened. I'm like, wow. But the good thing is, like, I feel like a lot of the followers on Instagram are more genuine. Yeah. Like they're actual people who follow the show <clears throat> versus like TikTok, I feel is like a lot of like. Uh, I, I think they're called lurkers. Like they follow you just to see yeah. what you're going to do. Like maybe, maybe she'll fail. Maybe she'll do, you know, this. So people will do a lot of lurking on TikTok. Um, so but I you do also feel do like ads. it's a lot of ways. You also do ads on your show now. On my podcast. Yes. Yeah. So you got, you got brands hitting you up to run ads on your show. Yeah. So I actually, um, 
That's awesome. I, I didn't think there was any way for me to monetize me personally reaching out to companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever people reached out to me, I was like, how do I know this is truth? Like, how do I know mm-hmm. that I'm going to get paid? So what I ended up doing is I went with an agency who basically gets, they get the ads for me and then they just take a cut. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, so uh, let's talk shell shock. Let's do seven more shell shock and sponsor an episode or two. Yeah. Love to yeah, do definitely. it. Cause I've I mean, noticed I th- that. I've, I've seen, so you're in the category with 10,000, you're what's considered a micro-influencer. And what I've noticed as far as micro-influencers go from a business perspective, that's where the people and businesses are going to start shifting to if they haven't already because it's not the major influencers anymore. People don't trust them. I, I saw on your page, you have a very good inter- interaction. You have good engagement. It's organic. It's real. These are real people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what businesses look for. That's what I look for. If we're going to, because we're going to be starting up our ambassador program soon, and I'm trying to teach the people that are involved with this thing. Look, these are the things to look for. Check the comments. Check what the comments are saying. What's the like ratio? What's all this stuff? And yours is up there to where I can look at that. It's like, no, that's somebody I would definitely run ads with because you can actually see that number one, she actually has a very genuine tight knit community. Those people mm-hmm. believe in her. So if she's going to stand, she's going to have to try the product. If she likes the product, if she advertises it. I'm pretty sure she can make sales. So it's like I saw. I was like, I want to hit you up. See, see if we can run some ads. If not, not a big deal. But um, no, yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, I I agree, and it's weird because, like I said, I am, and I I'm getting out of I'm t- getting out of my shell. Um, I've never been a shy person, but you know, it's weird because yeah. like I'll post myself with like a dress, and people are like, "Do you have a code before I buy it?" And I'm like, "Nope, just I just bought it. I don't have a code." Like no. you know, and then I'm and then I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to that company and try and get a code," and then I'm like, "I don't care. Just buy it. Buy it. Find someone else's code. <laughs> Google it." I yeah, don't know. <laughs> it's 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 um, hard but- because that's that's the problem. It's like. For because I've done the influencer thing, I've been banned so many. For I had like over a million followers, and I lost it all because of COVID misinformation and political stuff, and so it just is what it is. But one thing I learned is like there's two different approaches to take. Some influencers say I just do a flat rate payment and you get this many posts, and some people it's commission based. And I have found that there's a good happy medium in the two to where you get a code link slash you do get a monthly uh, payment to where you have an incentivization behind that. Because I've noticed like a lot of influencers, number one, don't know how to sell the product, don't know how to give give good descriptions and engaging content. It's just very Mm -hmm. boring. They're just like, well, I'm paid to make this post. Here's the post versus someone that actually is involved. Because I listened to your ad when you read one of the ads, like she's in this, like you can actually feel I feel like she actually gives a damn about this. Like, and that's one of those things that would draw me to your podcast. Like, no, I feel like you're going to get authentic, an authentic Mm -hmm. read. And and so it's like, I'd be interested in in pursuing something like that. Because like I said, I've worked with major influencers. I'm talking millions of followers, couldn't sell hardly anything. And then I've worked with one woman who had 1200 followers that was making almost $17,000 in sales a month. Like she was, it's crazy. It's incredible. But when I heard you doing the ads, I was like, you made it. You made, you got ads on your stuff. You made it. That's like it's people that the people that don't podcast. That's why when people come to you with ads and ad reads, it's like, okay, nice. I'm getting a bigger audience. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely nice. I mean, and you know, I really do. Um, I am not the person who could do something that takes this much time and dedication for free. And yeah. you know, sometimes people are like, "You shouldn't have ads," and I'm like, "I how would I feed my children?" Like, people will literally you tell me, "Like, give me ha- free service, ma." You yeah, they're like, "You have too many ads," or whatever it is. And I'm like, "How do you? I you know, I need to feed my kids." And then and then people and I'm like, "It's if you know, if you don't want ads, it's it's five dollars a month." And they're like, "Oh my god, I would never." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, but you know, I I accompany you everywhere with my voice." So. <laughs> That's what I feel. I don't know if you feel the same way about this, but I definitely feel in these years that social media has become so prevalent in everybody's lives. They've become so accustomed to getting everything for free, everything for free. Cause you remember back in the day, like I'm, how old are you? I'm 39. 
I'm 39 also. Okay, there we go. So we grew up the same generation. You remember back in the day, if you wanted to hear a specific song, you turned on the radio and you crossed uh -huh. your fingers and you hope it came on again. And then if you're really uh -huh. lucky, you had a recording deck. You had a little tape <laughs> in the deck ready to hit record and play at the same time. So nowadays, I want to hear a song, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and I've got it at the click of a button. And it yep. feels like people have just become, and free, Monad, free. You can listen mm -hmm. to stuff for free. So now it just feels like people have become so um, accustomed to the idea of getting entertainment, your work, the uh, the fruits of your labor for free. It's like, that's that's not the way it goes. It's like, if I'm going to provide you with a service and that service is entertainment, I should be paid, whether it be a dollar, $5. And people, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, need to start understanding that about these content creators. Like, look, you want them to do this for you. You enjoy their content, but these are real living people that have kids. They want to be successful. So you have to help them with that. And that's why I definitely appreciate people that will like subscribe to podcasts and be financial supporters to actually, because they love the content you're producing. So that's why when you're getting ads and stuff, that's a way of like people sharing it and getting a bigger listener mm -hmm. base. And then businesses are like, look, you've got a lot of listeners. Let's advertise. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, it's legit. I had a friend who was doing a podcast. Her and I got started up around the same time. And then it was like, during, she was a nurse. She was an ER nurse. Mm -hmm. And then around COVID time, she just couldn't take it. She's like, I can't deal with so much death. She was like, people are dying at the hospital every day. She goes, I can't research this. So she actually stopped her podcast, which, which was, equ was equally um, as popular as mine at the time. And then she left and then people were like devastated. About a year later, her and her husband started the podcast back up and they were like, hey, we're going to start it back up. And people were so happy that they were actually there that my friend started a podcast, I mean, a Patreon and people were like, like, please don't go anywhere. That's and awesome. so I think that people, yeah, I think it's amazing. And I think people don't realize I'm like, if, for example, military murder went away, I'm sure that someone else could pick up, they wouldn't pick up my my name because it's copy, yeah. it, it's a trademark, but they could pick up a different name and do whatever. It's not going to be me, but if people wanted me, it's like, okay, I cannot do this forever for free. So that's why yeah. when you ask me, am I going to do this forever? I'm like, hey, if another opportunity came my way, um, especially now that I'm a single mom, I'm like, you know, I would, you know, probably consider it. I might do this one at night again, like I used to. I used to, I, I barely got any sleep when I first started the podcast. Um, but it really, it really just, depends i mean i love doing this um and if i could you know do it forever i think i think i would if i could make it bigger i i would i would definitely do that you know is military murders the only genre that you're this passionate about or are there other genres like let's just say that a production company came to you and said hey here's the deal uh we're gonna pay you to do what you're currently doing but is there any other passion projects you have in the podcasting space that you'd like to pursue would there would you have an answer to that um, I mean, I, as a, as a storyteller and because I have small children, I would love to be like a, like an audio, like a, like a voiceover, like mm -hmm. a voiceover actor or like read children's books or just voiceover mm -hmm. in general. Like that's what I love to do. In terms I of a podcast, then, in terms of a podcast, if you had to take on another podcasting passion project on anything, what would mm -hmm. it be? Children's books? Uh, I guess I could, I mean, I, I never thought about it. <laughs> um, cause I, cause I, cause I've always thought like, I was like, oh man, it would be so cool for me. It would be so cool to like write kids books. I just don't even know. Like I would want to do like something like chat you know, GPT, baby, chat GPT, <laughs> just cram it on in there and just poop it out. And here we go. Johnny goes to school. There yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I literally read kids books like yeah. for to my kids and I'm like oh my gosh I could literally write this book <laughs> you know like I am like this is crazy like llama llama red pajamas I mean I know the book like the back of my hand and I'm like this book is literally about a llama with 
wearing pajamas and they said the same thing over and over again. Like, and it was written in like 2004. And, we're and this still person makes today. thousands in royalties. And I'm sitting here trying to do a military murder pun. This dude just writes about a fucking llama. What the hell? What the hell? I know. No, I um, get it. So yeah, so I I think uh I don't I'm not sure I'm I'm trying to think like I really like like pop culture. Okay. I like talking about like I could see myself um doing something like I follow a reality TV show and then we do like a talk show about it. But I would have to oh I would have God. to find someone. Listen, listen. I could totally I know see you doing that. No, I could totally see you doing that though, and you probably rock at it because you've got the personality for it. Like, okay, next, did you see on The Walking Dead what just happened? Like, we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> But I could totally see yes, you doing that though, would, because you've got the personality yeah. that draws people in. It's like, oh, my God, did you see what so-and-so said about not Valley Girl Flay, but I get what yeah. you're saying. It's kind of like passionate about it. And, you know, it's interesting because the last time I saw America, much less the world, in that type of attitude, when everybody came together to what it was uh, Game of Thrones. I have not seen yeah. America, much less the world, come together and everything is all over social media. But did you see that episode? Like, I, I miss that. I wish we had mm -hmm. something like that again. Yeah, like a big TV show that was yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I love it. And I and listen, Game of Thrones, scripted show. I love reality TV shows. So anybody who's listening, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. I'm from Jersey. I love the Jersey Shore. It was such trash TV. <laughs> but literally. I swear listen, to God, I thought you were going to say it was such good TV. Like, this episode is fucking over. Done. I'm out no, of here. No, no, no. child. So trashy. Okay, it so was, this is yeah. a funny story. It makes so you feel good I, about yourself. It's like, ah. Oh my God. You're like, oh. And then the episode where Snooki gets punched in the face, you're like, oh, that's not good. You know, I mean, she had it coming though. Oh, she had it coming. I mean, now she's like a multimillionaire because because that really launched her career. But anyway, I mean, I could literally have a talk Hats off to her. Hats off to them. You took advantage of a good situation. Damn smart move. Uh, yeah, when I first, when I was watching that, so I had just started active duty. No, I guess I was in law school when I started watching that. But when I got on active duty, it was 2010 and I had a roommate at the time and she was like a meteorologist or something. And I would watch the show and she would, she, she she's one of my besties now. So I'm still going to talk trash about her, <laughs> but she literally would pass by and she would be like, this is such trash TV. Like you don't have anything better to watch. And I'm like, no, I am literally a lawyer. My life sucks. I read so much during the day. Like I just want something to like, just go numb and like watch. And so I, I really do like, feel like a lot of really educated people watch reality TV because you're like, this is so stupid, Yeah, but I love it. It, it does. It's, it's one of those things that I will admit to the fact there are certain shows. I don't watch TV normally. I, I just, we don't mm -hmm. even have one. I've gotten that. I stream stuff, you know, Yeah. but uh, there are times where there will be some reality TV on. It's like, I know what I'm doing. It's like, look, I am going to um, go out and hobnob with the peasant class for a little while because, yes, I do need some trash TV. But that's very, very rare that happens. But I'll sit there's like, mm -hmm. but you watch it for the sake of like, damn, I feel good about myself. Why? Because I'm not retarded. Like these motherfuckers, like the Kardashians, just like, what the hell? Like you just oh, watch God. this. It's like, who? You know, be grateful you have all that money because I think natural selection would have taken you out a long time ago. Y'all are just wow. I know. But at the same time, you have to admit, I do. I've never watched the Kardashians. Like I've watched episodes and sometimes they come up like on snippets on TikTok yeah. and I watch it. And I and, you know, there's a little bit of envy because you're like, oh, my God, if a camera just followed me all day, I could be filthy rich just like these people. You know what I mean? Like you're like uh, my family. Well, cray -cray. Like it's going to launch. You have to launch that with a sex tape. That's the way that Kardashian that thing. Yeah. That and your true. father has true. to defend OJ. So you know, once that you knock true. those two yes. little prereqs out of the way, then you yeah. can, you can, you know, you can ask like, I'm, I don't know. 
I still remember oh. the Jessica Simpsons. Is this is Tuna the Chicken of the Sea? I'm just like, oh, oh my god. What was oh that one god. called? What was the show? Oh yes, her uh, and I Nick and Lanky or whatever from 98 or 84 degrees Fahrenheit or something. They had that little reality to- show for like a year is or two. Is it and Nick Lakey or is it Nick Lachey? I think it's, it's Nick Lachey. Lachey. It's Lachey. I'm being facetious. <laughs> You're I being, still think like, I'm still think he is not a good singer. I'm sorry. They were uh, 98 degrees was trash. It was trash. If we're going Metro, it was NSYNC all the way. And Bash Street Boys were a close. Oh, I, I was just about to say, I was like, no, it was more of an NSYNCer, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I I don't, they were okay. 98 degrees. <laughs> they, I can't even remember one song from them. Do you? I can't. I will. No. No. I can't. No. No. I can't. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show today. And again, yes. where can everybody find you at? What are all your socials and your website? Yeah, well, check out the podcast Military Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening in podcast format, Military Murder. It's not, there's no S. Everyone always puts an S and then you yeah. can't find it. It's weird. Same. So Military Murder. Um, yeah, so Military Murder. And then you can find me on um, Instagram at Military Murder Podcast. And then you can find me on TikTok at Military Margot. And Margot is M-A-R-G-O-T. So it's Margot. So everyone always forgets the T. Um, but that's really where you can find me. And then if you go on if you go on Facebook, if you're really into Facebook, then you can look up Military Murder Podcast. And then my Facebook group will show up. So and it's on iTunes, Spotify, all the podcasts or all the platforms they can go download there too? Yep, that's where you can find the podcast. Oh, and then if you're interested in YouTube, if you want to, I've done a few on there. Um, you can check me out at uh, Mama Margot. So M-A-M. M-A-M-A, and then Margot. That's awesome. I'm so happy to see you successful. I'm so happy that you get to do something you're very passionate about. Just a smile on your face when you're talking about this, you can clearly see in your eyes this is something that you truly enjoy. And being a single mom of three kiddos, good Lord, this is pretty awesome. You get to stay at home, you get to do this, you get to take care of your kids. Like, that's got to be a nice little combination there. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I every day I feel blessed for being able to do what I do. And I, I'm always like, well, the podcast doesn't work out. I can, my mom's like, you went to law school and you don't even work as a lawyer. And I'm like, mom, like my dad is always like, they always get on my back. And I'm like, I know, but you don't have to. You know, that people don't realize this. A lot of people go to law school and they don't end up practicing law. And, I, and it, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I've heard that. And then the same thing in the aviation field as well. People go into pilot school and they don't do anything pilot wise either. Yeah. But I mean, it's, the biggest thing is like, are you happy? Yeah. That's all that yeah. matters because your kids are going to see that. You, I feel like you learn a lot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my kids that. are, my kids are hilarious. Uh, I, because of, because of, because of um, Natalia, I built a gym in my house. So I have a gym at my house. And um, so my kids are always trying to get on the treadmill. I'm like, no, you can't get on the treadmill. Like you're going to like fall and like kill yourself. <laughs> and so I just, I just signed them up for the track team or I guess oh. it's cross country right now. Yeah. So they're five and seven, by the way, they're five and seven. It's hilarious. And they were so excited for me to order them sneakers. As soon as the sneakers Aww. came in the mail, they went straight to my gym and they were like, mom, turn the treadmill on because now we're athletes. And for me, that was like, I know that's hilarious, but that's for awesome, me, though. I was like, wow. Like I never saw anyone working out when I grew up, like mm-hmm. outside the military. I don't even think I ran ever yeah. be- before I decided to join the military. And so I was like, man, I was like, my kids are literally going to grow up seeing a strong woman who not only has a good work ethic because she takes care of herself, but also she is like, physically fit right because that's so important and successful like, self-made and success, successful yeah no i i mean do your kids I, listen to the podcast at all <laughs> no if you listen all the oh. way to the end though they're so little uh if you listen all the way to the end though uh you can hear you can hear their little voices because they say Shh, mama's working on her podcast because it's kind of like the running joke like they're oh, okay. always like being loud uh-huh. um but um I just heard my daughter, my seven-year-old, she said something the other day about murder. And I was like, how do you know? She goes, oh, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, wait, what? She goes, oh, yeah, one night. 
She goes, one night I couldn't sleep. She goes, so I came all the way outside your door and just sat there listening. Cause I record at night. I uh-huh. used to record at night. Now I record in the day. And I was like, this little freaking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now I need to put like a, like a, like a motion sensor. Like well, right I think outside that's awesome door. though. She gets to see mommy being, you know, uh, just open-minded. Uh, just that's, she's seeing you earn a living in a way that you enjoy doing it. You're being very just, uh, what is it? Ingenuitive? Like, what's the word? Yeah, I guess I'm tired. I'm on very little sleep. I'm like really tired. My, our mattress is garbage. It's like it's like sunk in the middle. So now we oh, like no. go to sleep. We roll into the middle. It's like, oh, I got to get a new mattress. So, oh, but no. yeah, you need to work on that because sleep is the best. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just I wake up. It's like, oh, my back. Oy, I'm 39. I feel so horrible. Huh? But then, no, it's awesome that she gets to see mommy in her environment, doing her thing, being happy, earning a living, staying in shape. That's that's like the greatest example to set for any kid out there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty, I'm I'm blessed. God gave me three girls. I'm like, I Jesus. Mean, I'm blessed, but I'm like, three girls. Shotgun ready. Good grief! <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god! Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a sincere pleasure, and you can check her out. And again, make sure you go listen to this. It's a military murder podcast. Uh, people were asking in the comments where to go. That's it right there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been. You see, it wasn't that bad. Thank you like, so much. Oh I my god! I want to go on John's podcast. It's gonna be so oh mean. Blah, blah, blah. I was, what? Well, Where do you get this funny. from? Oh, uh, hold on. And your listeners should know that before we got on, because I was waiting to get on the get the link. I went to YouTube and I saw you on what is it, American Grit or whatever, yeah. and you were yelling at people, and I was <laughs> I was cracking up. I was like, Oh my god, this is hilarious. He's gonna be like, Why does she smile so much? And she has a podcast about murder, but that's just, I mean, literally no. who I am. <laughs> no, people think that's me too, as well. To it too, is like, is that, is that how you are in every day? It's like, Yes, I go to the grocery store and pick on fat people. It's like, Why are you? Eating? It's like, No, it's not. That's it was a role. I get to be fun. I get to be a drill sergeant again. It was a good time. It was a lot of fun. That's but fun. It was. It was. But I can't wait to see where your podcast goes. You've been doing this, you said, since 2019. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be four years. So Veterans Day this year is four years since I launched the podcast. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Again, thank you for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, John, for having me. Absolutely. You take care. See ya. All right, folks, that does for today's episode of the All-American Savage Show podcast. Again, you can go check her out at Military Murder Podcast. Trust me, if you're in the car, you're driving somewhere, and you got some time to kill, and you want to kind of zone out and listen to something to take your mind off of life, you should definitely go check her out. She's very good at what she does, an incredible show. And big thank you for her coming on and uh, being here with us. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we will be back tomorrow, Friday, at the same place, same time. Until then, you stay savage, America.